shocking Supreme Court decision, shockingly written by Gorsuch. In a shocking Supreme Court decision, Justice Neil Gorsuch voted with the axis of evil, that is, with Chief Justice John Roberts and Justices Stephen Breyer, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. In Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia, the axis of evil decided that in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the word sex includes sexual orientation and gender identity, both subjectively constituted conditions. As a result, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination in employment based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin, all objective conditions, now prohibits employers from firing employees who self-identify as homosexual or as the sex they are not and never can be. The crux of the argument goes something like this. If a company that allows a woman who gets breast implants and wears lipstick, stilettos, and dresses to work fires a man who gets breast implants and wears lipstick, stilettos, and dresses to work, the company has discriminated against him based on his sex and therefore violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Not only are trans cultists eradicating all public accommodation of real sex differences, but they're also eradicating every cultural convention that recognizes, honors, and reinforces sex differences. They're saying that not only are they permitted to reject cultural conventions regarding hairstyles, jewelry, clothing, and makeup, but everyone else must as well. Further, even biological reality as a signifier of biological sex must be rejected by everyone. So, as the very liberal author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling, has learned, no one may say that only women menstruate. The tyrannical supremacist court of the United States now has declared from on its high horse that no employer with over 15 employees may fire an employee who decides to cross-dress at work. For those who remain blissfully unaware, there are efforts afoot to make Title VII apply to companies with fewer than 15 employees as well. So what if the owner of an independent toy store with three locations in neighboring towns employs 15 people, and one of those employees announces he will henceforth identify as a woman? Now, he can't be fired, not even if the store where the cross-dressing man works is destroyed because parents will no longer bring their toddlers and young children to an establishment that will require them to explain perversion to children who are too young to understand it and may be disturbed by it. Many obstetrician gynecologists staff their offices with only women, including only women nurses. Now imagine that one of those nurses announced she were socially, chemically, and surgically transitioning and hoped one day to look exactly like a buff biological man. Maybe someone like Buck Angel. And if you go to this article online, you can see a photo of her. And yes, that is a woman. Is it just for doctors to be prohibited from firing such a nurse? In their dissent, Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito issued a stinging rebuke of the hubris of the majority opinion. And I quote them, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits employment discrimination on any of five specified grounds, race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. Neither sexual orientation nor gender identity 
appears on that list. For the past 45 years, bills have been introduced in Congress to add sexual orientation to the list, and in recent years, bills have included gender identity as well. But to date, none has passed both houses. Last year, the House of Representatives passed a bill that would amend Title VII by defining sex discrimination to include both sexual orientation and gender identity. This bill remains before a House subcommittee. Because no such amendment of Title VII has been enacted in accordance with the requirements in the Constitution, Title VII's prohibition of discrimination because of sex still means what it has always meant. But the court is not deterred by these constitutional niceties. Usurping the constitutional authority of the other branches, the court has essentially taken H.R. 5's provision on employment discrimination and issued it under the guise of statutory interpretation. A more brazen abuse of our authority to interpret statutes is hard to recall. The court tries to convince readers that it is merely enforcing the terms of the statute, but that is preposterous. Even as understood today, the concept of discrimination because of sex is different from discrimination because of sexual orientation or gender identity. And in any event, our duty is to interpret statutory terms to mean what they conveyed to reasonable people at the time they were written. End quote. Alito and Thomas preview the deleterious effects this decision will have on American life and liberty. And I quote, As the briefing in these cases has warned, the position that the court now adopts will threaten freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and personal privacy and safety. No one should think that the court's decision represents an unalloyed victory for individual liberty, end quote. While churches and other religious organizations, including religious schools, will probably be allowed what is called a ministerial exemption for those involved in teaching the tenets of the faith, it is unlikely that exemption will apply to those employed in other positions. For example, a Christian private school will be prohibited from firing any math, science, Spanish, or PE teacher, secretary, custodian, cafeteria worker, playground supervisor, or crossing guard who decides to identify as the opposite sex, cross-dress, take cross-sex hormones, and surgically disguise his or her sex. For those churches, Christian schools, and parachurch organizations that reassure themselves that such events are highly unlikely, just remember what's happened to Jack Phillips, the Colorado baker who has been relentlessly sued by LGBT persons. Sexual subversives are going to specifically target Christian institutions. Alito and Thomas warn that this pernicious SCOTUS decision will likely be used to sexually integrate bathrooms, locker rooms, and women's shelters, to force people to use gender obliterators, preferred pronouns, to force employers to cover costly sex reassignment surgery, and to force colleges to assign dorm rooms based on the sex students wish they were rather than the sex they are. This disastrous decision will be used, too, as a precedent when challenges to Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 appear before the Supreme Court. How could the court conclude any way other than that the word sex in Title IX includes gender identity? When the access of evil decides that, women's sports are destroyed, and eventually all women's records from high school, college, the Olympics, and professional sports will be broken by men. Good job, feminist supporters of the trans cult.
In Justice Brett Kavanaugh's separate dissent, he emphasizes the violation of the separation of powers that this decision represents, and I quote him, Under the Constitution's separation of powers, the responsibility to amend Title VII belongs to Congress and the President in the legislative process, not to this court. We are judges, not members of Congress. And in Alexander Hamilton's words, federal judges exercise, quote, neither force nor will, but merely judgment, end quote. If judges could rewrite laws based on their own policy views or based on their own assessments of likely future legislative action, the critical distinction between legislative authority and judicial authority that undergirds the Constitution's separation of powers would collapse, thereby threatening the impartial rule of law and individual liberty. Both common parlance and common legal usage treat sex discrimination and sexual orientation discrimination as two distinct categories of discrimination back in 1964 and still today. As to common parlance, few in 1964 or today would describe a firing because of sexual orientation as a firing because of sex. As commonly understood, sexual orientation discrimination is distinct from and not a form of sex discrimination. The majority opinion acknowledges the common understanding, noting that the plaintiffs here probably did not tell their friends that they were fired because of their sex. That observation is clearly correct. In common parlance, Bostock and Zarda, the two men at the center of this lawsuit, were fired because they were gay, not because they were men. End quote. So who likes the SCOTUS decision? The Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, GLSEN, that's who. GLSEN's raison d'etre is to use schools to normalize sexual deviance, which of course means eradicating theologically orthodox views on sexuality. GLSEN tweeted, and I quote, Today's landmark SCOTUS ruling will help to protect the many LGBTQ educators in K-12 schools who have faced harassment or job loss for simply being who they are. It also underscores the need for Congress to pass the Equality Act, end quote. Who they are is a convenient bit of newspeak to conceal what sexual orientation and gender identity really are. According to cultural regressives, sexual orientation is constituted by subjective internal romantic and erotic feelings and volitional erotic acts. Gender identity is constituted by subjective internal feelings about one's maleness and or femaleness or lack thereof. Now that SCOTUS includes conditions constituted not by any objective criteria, but by subjective sexual feelings, all that remains is for sexual anarchists allied with other anarchists to expand the definition of sexual orientation and the job of sexual wokesters will be done culture destroyed. In the service of inclusivity, they will work like the devil and work for the devil to include polyamory, genetic sexual attraction, that is consensual adult incest, minor attraction, that is pedophilia, hebophilia, and febophilia, infantilism, zoophilia, that is bestiality, and every other sexual philia in the list of sexual orientations. Then once that is accomplished, laws will protect sexual weirdos from being fired, and schools will teach kindergartners that love is love. 
Poly love is good. Love between two adult brothers is equivalent to interracial love. And teaching that love between humans and animals is wrong is ignorant bigotry based on the hateful ideology of speciesism. No, this is not a victory for the country or for freedom. It's another tragic defeat for the constitutional separation of powers, self-government, morality, truth, speech rights, and religious liberty. Conservative Christians, you've been warned. Again.